0: The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. Hey, good morning, everyone. Um, Yeah, as an African preacher, I would say that um, one of the main things that uh, we do is uh, we're led by the Spirit in our timing. Uh, Even right before in the green room, Brett was asking me for cues, I said, we really kind of don't do that in Africa. <laughs> we depend on the Spirit. But the other thing we do is, uh, man, we have a lot of participation from our audience. So, man, I would love it today. If you want to clap or say amen, uh, any feedback you can give me, I would appreciate that. Um, it's a little unusual when you're used to preaching to an audience that is interacting with you more to come to one who who's maybe a little more solemn. So feel free today to do that. And uh, as uh, John said... Uh, I've been a missionary for 12 years in Rwanda and have been um, the lead preaching minister there at Christ Church Rwanda for the last 10. And grew up in this church and, and excited to be here. And as I began to think about speaking about hope in action and what that would mean, uh, I could share a lot of stories about our ministry there and our time there, but I, I really um, was focused on what we're dealing with Uh, This moment and this season with my family, which is transition. We arrived in Oklahoma back in February, and these last four months have been full of uncertainty and. Uh, decisions and, and transition for our family. And, and some of those are big things. We're missing our, our friends and our just kind of daily life and missing our, our church. And, and some of those have been small. You know, you find yourself at, at Walmart on the aisle looking at the hundreds of cereals and wishing you were in that little shop in Rwanda where there's only two that you could afford. Or maybe... Maybe you get a call and someone asks you to schedule things and, uh, you know, we started getting calls in early March and people saying, what are you doing on July 12th? And Kelly and I were looking at each other thinking, we have no idea what we're doing in July. We forgot how Americans plan so far ahead. You know, one of my uh, associate uh, ministers I worked with at the church is from Uganda actually and, you know, he used to say, you Americans have watches but us Africans have time we don't have to schedule everything. We, we have time for things. But I think that one thing that is certain in life is that we'll go through uncertain times, that we have seasons of, of transition, that we have times that are our, our heart seasons, and that is a part of life. I would just ask you right now, if you would say in the last maybe few years, that you've encountered some season of uncertainty or transition or difficulty, would you just raise your hand? Yeah. And so I think that brings us to, to this, this question of, as we move through life and we face these seasons of uncertainty and the, these times of transition and challenges. How does our hope and action work in those seasons? Because they're a reality for all of us, and, and we live in them often. We 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 spend a lot of time in that space, and how we respond on certain times has a huge impact on what God can do through us. How the hope of His kingdom is manifested here on this earth. You know, before um, we left Rwanda, we were gifted by some people to take a vacation. We went up to, to Lake Kivu, this beautiful lake, and we stayed at one of our favorite places, a hotel that actually has a beach on the lake. And um, it, it's one of our family's favorite places to go, one of the few places we could really go and kind of get away from Kigali and the ministry and the work and, and take a break. And so we were there, and while we were there, Kelly, my wife, was like, I really want to go to the hot springs. It's near the the volcanoes that are in Rwanda, and there's actually a a place where the water comes up hot. I don't know if, I think Holly Hickson's here. Dr. Hickson could probably explain to you more the science of it. All I know is there's volcanoes, and hot water comes up from the ground. And so Kelly really wanted to go see this, and and I'll admit, I wasn't real excited about it. I was kind of enjoying the hotel The swimming pool, the beach, but, but we, we get on a boat and we take a boat and we go out to look at these hot springs. And as we, as we get on the boat and near the shore, it, it quickly becomes apparent that we're moving into a different part of Rwanda. We're moving into more of the village type of area of the city and of the country. And I'll, I'll tell you, I, I am a city boy. <laughs> I grew up in Edmond, I, I, I'm an urban city boy, and we have done urban mission work. Uh, this idea that we're out in a hut under a tree is just not the reality of the mission work we did. And so as we, we enter, I, I begin to feel uneasy immediately, because there's a crowd gathering on the, the shore to meet us. And we begin to hear people saying, mazungu, mazungu, which is the word for white people, and as the word mzungu gets said, more kids start running, more people come. And one thing you'll find out in Rwanda is it is not rude to stare in their culture. <laughs> so I'm thinking, ah, this may be a mistake. And Kelly's like, I really want to do these hot springs. So we're like, let's, let's go. So we get off the boat, and we we're, and we're, have this crowd of people following us and watching us, and we go up, and we pay this fee, and we go into what's the Hot Springs Resort, and it ends up being just this kind of giant mud hole in the ground. And we go up to the water and put a foot in, and it is hot. I mean, I mean hot. <laughs> and so... We, we kind of say, let's just sit on the side and, and dip our feet in. And, and we begin to do this, and there's, there's a crowd in the, in the pool. And unfortunately, we start to recognize that some of these kind of middle-aged men who are bathing in the hot springs in their underwear are also staying at the hotel with us. That made breakfast a little awkward the next morning. <laughs> And this older woman comes to me, and she, she kind of attaches to me, and she begins to want to massage my legs in the hot water. And I'm like, no, it's okay. We just came to, and she just won't take no for an answer. And she doesn't speak English. I don't really speak kinyarwanda so, so she just begins to kind of forcibly get my leg, and she gets mud and, and seaweed, and she begins to scrub on my legs and massage them my sunscreen starts coming up and she's, she's seeing it and going oh, like, like she's doing something magical because the sunscreen and <laughs> it was very uncomfortable experience and, and, and the, hot, the hot springs, apparently some of the other people were wanting it to get hotter and so I was sitting right by where the water comes in and so they open it up so more can come in and, and it's scalding my leg and I try to pull it out and the lady's like no and pushes it back in <laughs> And as I think about being uncomfortable in that moment, the uncertainty of that moment, the being way out of my comfort zone, there there were a few things I I felt. I felt anxious. I I felt a little fear of the unknown and what was going to happen. And I had this overwhelming feeling that I just wanted things to go back to how they were. I wanted to move back into the comfort of the hotel and get away from that situation. And I think those are common reactions we have to uncertain times. We, we begin to feel anxious. It's common for our, our brain to interpret any change as, as something new, as, as negative. And anxiety often impacts our decision making. And then that fear of the unknown uh, of what's gonna happen, and, and that fear begins to set in, and it doesn't change our situation, but it often impacts how we respond to the change. Fear often causes a fight or flight or freeze response, where we're paralyzed even. And we want things to go back to how they used to be. We want to get away from discomfort. And so going back to how things used to be is where we would feel the most. Comfortable, and we might dream about things being how they used to be, or even hold on to this kind of false hope that the reality of our situation is not true. And I don't think I'm alone in this. I think all of us have faced anxiety and, and fear and, and, a, and a desire for things to go back how they used to be. So, how do we find hope and action during those times? Of uncertainty today, I'm going to be in the book of, of Jeremiah, and I want you to hear what God told the Jewish people during a challenging season of transition. It's Jeremiah 29, and and before I read, I want to give you a little context because um, Jeremiah is speaking these words to the Jews who've been living under the domino- um, domination of the Egyptians and the Babylonians for for a long time, and then they're eventually carried into exile in Babylon. And we can only imagine what it would be like to be taken away from your homeland, carried by your captors into exile to live in a foreign land, in their land. And they take many of them they take the prince, the king's son. They take the, the queen mother, the court officials, the, the officials of Judah. They take all the craftsmen, the artisans. They take all these people with them. And in the previous chapter before Jeremiah 29, and chapter 28, Jeremiah's pronounced judgment on this false prophet, Hananiah. Because Hananiah had been telling the people that, that God would break this yoke of exile in two years and that they could return home. And people were holding on to this promise that things were just going to go back to the way they used to be soon. And his message sounded great to the people, but it was a lie. A a lie so great that, that it resulted in God actually removing Hananiah from the face of the earth. And so instead, Jeremiah tells the people that they're going to live in exile for 70 years. I'm going to be in Jeremiah chapter 29, starting at verses 5 and 7. It says, build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply. Don't dwindle away. And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare Will determine your welfare. And as we look at this passage, I'm just gonna kind of pull out three things that I think Jeremiah shows us that will help us to have hope in uncertain times. And the first one is this to live your best life, (laughs) to live your best life even in uncertainty. To, to live your life even when things don't look the way you expected. He's saying, listen, don't wait for tomorrow. Start building that life today. In God's plan, the Jewish people would be in Babylon a long time. So, so it was best for them to, to settle in and to make the best of their lives and their families there. And despite the uncertainty, the challenging season they find themselves in, they are to live their best lives. You know, sometimes the most profound way that we can live out our faith is to walk with God in the simple things. God has a way of taking the ordinary life and transforming it into something extraordinary. So he says, listen, just work. Be productive. Build infrastructure and homes. Plant gardens. Go to school. Get a career. Start a business. Provide for yourself. Have a family. I I think it's so important. I want to just say this because I think sometimes when we read the scripture, we we miss sometimes the, the poetry, the artistry of the scriptures and I don't think this is saying for those maybe who don't have children or who are, who are single or maybe, maybe you've moved past that stage of your life. He's not saying you have to do these things. What he's saying is just live your life. Live your best life where you are. Do what you can do. And these things, these things bring hope and joy into the world. So he says, do get married and have a family. Help your children go up in their faith so that they can have godly families too. Invest in the younger generations. Invest in the community around you. You know, when we were first planning some 13 years ago to move to Rwanda, I, I had a designated role to, to work at the time in the executive side, the administrative side working with the church and Kelly and I were gonna be doing children's ministry, but but Kelly really prayed for a season about what she was supposed to do in Rwanda. She didn't have a contract with a specific job and so she she really spent some time praying and, and she eventually came back to me and she said, You know, I I hear God clearly telling me, just live your life there. Just live your life there. And so many times by by following that voice of God she heard, by just raising our family, by having friends, by being a part of the community, so many times we did deep ministry and had the greatest impact by simply living our lives. When we live a life of faith, what seems ordinary becomes divine. Divine. When we're following Jesus, what seems routine becomes holy. And he said to work for peace and prosperity of the city. To, to pray for peace and prosperity of the city. For religious teaching at the time, this would be way out of context. It wouldn't be usual for a people to pray for another people, especially one who had taken them and and, and captured them and brought them into exile. But he says, listen, become a part of that community. Engage with the people around you. Care about others. Live in community with them. Build a relationship with the others who are not like you because your welfare depends on this. You will prosper and have peace together. You want to find hope and uncertainty. It begins by living your best life. Going on to, to Jeremiah 29, verses 8 and 9, it says, This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Do not let your prophets and fortune tellers who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams because they are telling you lies in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. There are false... Prophets among the Jews in, in Jerusalem and in Babylon and these false prophets and, and diviners, these, these fortune tellers were, were saying they were from God and they were telling the Jews that they would soon be allowed to go back to Judah and they should plan for their return. And God says this, and, and I think this is so important in Jeremiah, we see if we want to find hope, in uncertainty, we have to listen to the right voices. We have to listen to the right voices because they were listening to the wrong voices and they were making bad decisions. And I guess my question today for you, for some of you as you come in here and, and you're sitting in, in maybe some uncertainty and some challenging times in a transition, the question is, what have you believed? What lies have you believed In uncertain times, I've been there. I've heard those voices that are telling the lies. Everything's going to go back to how it used to be. Your sin is too great. Your children are are not going to know God when they grow up. Nobody cares about you. God can't love me. I'm going to always be in this mess. It's never going to get better. My marriage will never be healthy. The church is becoming irrelevant. God has abandoned me. It is so important that we don't listen to the wrong voices, that we listen to the right voices in times of uncertainty, and you can put some hope into action right now in this moment as we sit here together by listening to the right voices and speaking these truths. I'm just going to say a few to you. There's so many more, but listen, say these things to yourself. Speak these truths to yourself. I am an overcomer. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am a child of God. I am adopted into God's family. My strength comes from Christ. Can I hear an amen? Amen. When I am weak I am strong, God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Let's give a clap to God for that, man. Those truths, those truths, will take us through uncertain times with hope. It's hard to put hope into action when you're listening to the wrong voices. Uh, just a few scriptures come to mind that speak about the voices we listen to. And Romans, faith comes from hearing. And hearing through the word of Christ, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Whoever is of God hears the word of God. David wrote, let me hear what God the Lord will speak for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints. Listen, church, do not listen to the wrong voices. Listen to the right voices. The voices that align with scripture the voices of of godly counsel from your faith community, the voices of of inner peace from the Holy Spirit, the voices of of what will bring life to others, the voices that align with the character of God. If we want to find hope in uncertain times, we must live our best life, and we must listen to the right voices. Going on in, in Jeremiah 29, 10 to 11, Verse 10, he says, this is what the Lord says, you will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do for you all the good things that I have promised, and I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, they are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You know, these, these promises were made to ancient Jews under the Babylonian exile. But they express the unchanging heart of God towards his people. You know, even though these, these thoughts were God's thoughts to, towards Israel under the old covenant, we should not dare to believe that he is any less favorable to us today who have come to him in faith through the Messiah in the new covenant. These promises are greater for us today than they were for them and so hold on to the one whose promises are certain. If you want to find hope in uncertainty, then hold on to the one whose promises are certain. In uncertain times, hope can be found in the one who is certain because you see, God will never leave us. He will never abandon us. He will never forsake us. Jesus has said he will always be with us. For I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not disaster to give you a future and a hope. Okay, I'm going to we're going to get real for a moment. This is one of these that I call a coffee mug uh, verse, right? Be honest, raise your hand. How many of you have this verse on a coffee mug or maybe a little wooden sign you bought from Ardell's or a t-shirt or something? Who has this verse somewhere in their house? Someone in their home? Yeah, a few. It's a powerful verse is why we, we use it, but I think when we understand the context, I think most of us will find that it takes on a deeper more relevant, and even more powerful meaning for our lives. You see, this wasn't about some type of prosperity that that, that we tend to think of as Americans. This wasn't for a, a hope and a future to prosper them financially. I mean, do you realize the people who received this promise lived in exile for 70 years? You don't think about that when you drink the coffee with the, the verse, right? I may not get this promise for 70 years. See, that future and that promise was not to take away their uncertain circumstances immediately. Immediately. It was a promise that God was still with them, that he still remembered them, and that in the end, he would be their rescuer. I love this part, for I know the plans I have for you. I don't usually use King James, but but I love the way King James says this. Instead of, for I know the plans I have for you, King James says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. God's thoughts lean towards you. God's thoughts lean towards you. I I mean, just sit with that for a moment. Let that move into your heart, into your soul, into your inner being, that the Lord, our God's thoughts, Lean towards you. The ark of the God Almighty, of the the Holy One, the creator of the universe, the the ark of God's thoughts bend towards you. They move towards you i just want you to to say this with me i want you to say it out loud i I want you to to dwell in it let it become a part of you let it move into you internalize this i want you to say this with me that god's thoughts lean towards me would you say it with me god's thoughts lean towards me let's say it again god's thoughts lean towards me Verse 12, he says this, In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. When we're facing difficult situations today, we can take comfort in Jeremiah 29, knowing that it's not a promise to immediately rescue us from hardship or or suffering, but rather a promise that God has a plan for our lives and regardless of our current situation. He can work through it to, to prosper us and give us a hope and a future. So we can take comfort in knowing that God's promises to be there for us in these situations. For in these verses immediately following Jeremiah 29:11, God proclaims through Jeremiah, that when you call on me and pray to me, I will listen to you, you will seek me and, and find me, when you seek me with all your heart. Today, there's someone here who's been listening to the wrong voices, who's let go uh, of the promises of the one who's certain. And if you're in those uncertain situations today, if your circumstance have you, and maybe for you, you've been caught in, in sin, Or you've just moved to a season of hopelessness, maybe you're drifting, you're uncertain, you're anxious, you're fearful, or you're struggling, and you, you just need that little hope. I want you to hear this this morning because Jesus is speaking to you. I, I want you to take a moment and just clear your mind of all the clutter and, and let that little voice of God speak deep into your heart because He's saying this to you today. I have a plan for you, a plan not to harm you, but a plan to give you hope and a future. My thoughts are leaning towards you. And if you call out to me, I am there. If you seek me, you will find me. I will be found by you. And God is saying this to you this morning grab on to this hope that I'm offering you. You see, Jesus moves towards the brokenhearted, He seeks and finds the lost. That is you today. He is right beside you. Just waiting on your call. So that he can end your captivity. So that he can restore your life. You see, he will gather you and he will bring you home. So call out to him today. If you're in a season of uncertain times, you may be anxious, you may be fearful, you may be wishing things could go back to how they were. But if you want to to live out hope in action, if you want to, to live out that hope in your life today in uncertain times, then live your best life, build it today. Listen to the right voices. And hold on to the one whose promises are certain. Will you pray with me? Dear God, we just come to you in this moment. And Lord, you've said, you've promised, us that you go to the brokenhearted, that you draw near to them, that you come and are a comfort in a time of sorrow and struggle. And we just call upon that prayer today, Lord. We call upon you for those who are struggling, who are in uncertain times, who are having trouble holding on to hope, having trouble living out that hope because they just don't see it, Lord. Show them, reveal your face to them today. Let your face shine upon them. Let it towards turn towards them. Let them fully grasp and understand how your thoughts lean towards them. Let them rest in that. Let them find peace in that despite their circumstances Lord let us let us all let us all find hope even in uncertain times by living our best life that you've called us to live by listening to the right voices and by holding on to your promises the one who is certain as in your son's Holy name that we pray, amen. Amen.